inaction is action the wrong way, man. So get out there and do something different. Recognize that there is everywhere there is opportunity so long as you find a way to message it appropriately. This election is creating opportunity. Find the opportunity in everything. Learn from it. Grow that knowledge and start planting those seeds now because uh, 2022 starts now. Well, if you're not tuned into the election news, I don't know what you're doing the past couple of days, but it's going a little long here, folks. I'm tired of it. I want to see crown to winner. I think we may even get Trump's one of Trump's speeches in later on in the show, but we're thinking about here what's going on with the election. We're looking at the outside of, okay, what's going to happen in the industry? What's going to happen in business? And, uh, you know, we've got a good friend of ours who does a little political commentating here and there. So we thought, why not bring him on the show? Because reality is, is I don't really understand it that well. Craig, do you? Hey, we're going to find out in anywhere from days to weeks, and we'll see what happens. Irregardless, hey, everybody's got a job to do, and employers will still be offering employer-sponsored health care for the foreseeable future, and you're going to have to figure out what the hell to do with that and how to keep away the competitors and, you know, how to maintain your standard of living, which, hey, let's face it, brokers are very good at that. But if you want to get new business, you're going to have to figure out how to do that. That's what I know. The rest we'll see in the courts. Show sponsor. Virtue Health. Check us out, virtualliance.com. That being said, let's bring him in. Seth Denson, best-selling author of The Cure. Seth, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. So, you know, we had a we had a conversation on a sales mastermind call yesterday, and we uh, I asked you. I even asked you. I texted you. I said, what in the hell is going on right now? Can you please explain to me? Let's yeah, give hold a on. quick overview. We're all licking. We're all licking our wounds. <laughs> we're gonna do a quick cheers because um, our guy is not winning. Yeah, I think. Listen, I think there's a couple of things going on here, and and certainly we'll talk about the election and what's going on from a political perspective. Where are we now? Where we go from here? But I, I, I don't want to lose what Craig just said because it was interesting because I was having this conversation with somebody this morning. And, and I said, here, here's the reality of life, right? There are controllables and there are uncontrollables. And as soon as I let myself start being overrun and overtaken by the uncontrollables, I am forfeiting. I'm waving the white flag. And here's the truth. And I know we're talking about the election, but I think this is important. When I left my Cush job at that Cush firm that rhymes with Blockton uh, I, I, and started my firm, I did so in the second year, third year of Barack Obama being president. And I grew that firm and had a lot of success growing that firm while Barack Obama was president. And then Donald Trump became president and I continued to grow that firm. And whether Joe Biden, Donald Trump or, you know, Curious George is in the White House at the end of the day, I can control me. And the beauty of our system here in the United States is that our founders were so brilliant that nearly 300 years ago, they sat down and created a model that said, we're going to protect our country from massive pendulum swings one way or the other. And, and at the end of the day, it still affords you and me the ability to get up off our rear every morning and go make it happen. 
And, uh, and so that's what gives me hope as we go through this. So now I'm off my soapbox. It's a great point. You know, you can control what you can control and that's what you got to focus on. I think in reality, Obamacare was the greatest thing ever happened to insurance brokers, in my opinion. For the ones that did it right, for the ones that responded appropriately. Listen, for those of us that were younger in the business in those days or, or a little wink to Craig, maybe we were in the business for a while, but saw this as a new opportunity. Seize on it, right? I mean, people are going to be be searching for answers uh, and they're going to be uncertainty. It created uncertainty, opportunities, crazy increases, which created more opportunities. That's right. I hit the jackpot. I I remember interviewing back in 2010 with a firm or 2009. And he was like, look, I I don't know if we're going to be in business anymore. You know, they might shut this whole thing down. And, uh, you know, I was nervous at at that point when he said that, because I didn't know shit about the business. Then I realized, wow, this is creating a lot of movement in the market. So I think with, you know, Biden probably getting in, unfortunately, I think they uh, they put more Obamacare on and there's more challenges and confusing. And it's probably good opportunity for guys that are hunters, guys that are talking about self-funding, those that are part of the hunters club. You're going to get one of these. These are the, there you go. These are the new leads. These are the Glengarry leads. I like that, man. <laughs> But the hunters out there are going to prosper. Those that are sitting back on their books and, you know, God bless you, there's going to be movement. There's going to be people hunting your accounts and people are going to be looking for answers. So, yeah, I mean, look at the positive side. There's a lot of negative. I think there's there's going to be some uncertainty. I think I think if for a second, if we took a, we talk about the climate of business, right, I, I thought about myself and I said, OK, I want to hire uh, more salespeople and I want to grow my firm. I'm always investing in my company. Now, outside of outside of the fact of we need to hire because we need to fill a spot, right? Or I need another body. Those hires are still going to probably be there, but you know, w- with Biden coming in, there's going to be some uncertainty in, in the market. So, I'm thinking, okay, wait, should I wait? Should I hire? Should I go balls to the wall? I think maybe I'll wait to see what happens. So, has that affect economy in your opinion, Seth, with with him coming in from a business standpoint? Because obviously we want our clients to do well and we want them to grow. How's that affect us? Yeah, I think to really start to paint a picture for that, I think we need to understand two things. What's really going on, right? So, and, and let me let me just say this, and, and I actually said it on national television uh, earlier today. I, I think that Trump has lost the election. So, I'm not ready to wave that white flag, and I, I certainly don't want to operate from an, a place of, of emotion that says, oh, my guy lost. But at the end of the day, as I look at the numbers and as people that I trust look at the numbers that I have and that I visit with regularly, this is it, it, it's not looking good, and it's probably going to end up in Biden's corner. Now, that being said, there is still a greater than not chance that Republicans hold the Senate. And I, and I will tell you, whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat, you should almost hope for that. I personally am a fan of divided government. I think our founders are a fan of divided government and the way that they structured it. And again, as I said a moment ago, the idea of America was that the pendulum would never swing one way or the other too much. And for those people that get all super jazzed up about their party having all branches and going to really start moving that needle, let's be very clear. For the first two years of Obama's administration, he had all branches of government. And yes, he was able to pass the Affordable Care Act. That was a monumental thing that had very rarely been done. But during Bush's years, when he had all the chambers, he got very little done. In Trump's first 
two years. If you'll remember, he had the House of Representatives, he had the U.S. Senate, and he had the White House. And what could he not get done? Repeal and replace. So thinking about this, I think that we are going to look up and see, and, and I've been watching very closely these races in Georgia, because understand Georgia has a unique rule that if you don't win by 50%, it goes into a runoff. So, And this is for the senatorial election. So right now, uh, there are two senators that are up for re-election, both Republican-held seats. If they win, if we hold those seats, and I say we because I'm a conservative, hold those seats, then we will likely have a 52-48 majority in the Senate, which means no, no radical swings. It also means no public option, okay? And it also means that perhaps all of the Bush tax cuts don't go Thank away. Thank the Lord. Uh, and I think that's really the thing that we need to focus on here. And most of the Bush tax cuts had sunsets anyway. Or no, Bush, I say Bush. The Trump tax cuts under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Most of those had sunsets. But if, if, if Biden gets the Senate and gets the House, he'll repeal all those. So what does that mean from business? I know it's a long way to start painting the picture around the barn. But what does that mean for business? Well, it means this. And this is a great thing. If you're going out and talking to owner operators or business owners that are the CEOs and they own the company, this is a great conversation to have. Have you considered that under Biden's tax plan, he wants to double the long-term cap gains tax? And, and while that may not happen day one, because obviously he has to put some things in motion, if he's able to do that, what does that do to your exit strategy for your business? Because also Biden wants to impact the estate tax structure. So if your business is valued high enough, you may not be able to leave that to your children like you would have been under current Tax Cuts and Jobs Act Trump administration era. And by the way, you can learn all of this very quickly by doing some Google searches and understanding Biden's tax plan. But doing that, going into a business owner and having that conversation of, hey, have you thought through it, right? Because at the end of the day, our job is to advise our clients. And that advising them means that the crystal ball is a little hazy now. And we want to think about all the directions that things might be able to go. And so what is your succession plan right now? Because if you're thinking you may want to, to move your business into a different if you want to sell your business or if you want to pass down your business in three to five years, you may want to rethink that. And, and is there an advantage to doing it now? And I was talking to some private equity people earlier today and some VC guys who were telling me that they have never seen the flood to the market in the last 48 hours of business owners putting their businesses on the market to try to take advantage of the current 20% long-term cap gains advantage that they have right now under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. I just got in. Trump is actually giving his speech right now as we speak. Let's 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 take a look. He's giving his concession speech here. Um, let's take a look, folks. I'm not fucking leaving. Uh, that says oh, it all. He, he doesn't seem to want to leave. There it is. Well, listen, I think that he, here's the here's the thing. And again, I, I 
we're talking politics, so I'll get a little political. Um, watching the returns and watching the way that Trump came out the night of the election and made his comments, and I get it. I understand why he did, but uh, I don't think that did him any favors. The, the beauty of our democracy is that we have had a peaceful transition of power each and every time. And, and certainly if there is a transition of power this time, and again, I hope there's not, but if there is, our country needs there to be a peaceful transition here. And, and we have never been more divided than we are right now. Again, now that's not to say that every vote shouldn't be counted appropriately. And if you got nothing to hide, then why are you trying to hide things? That's kind of where I go back to. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So I'm concerned about that, but I'm hopeful that bigger heads will prevail. And I'm terrified that this thing gets decided in the Supreme Court. Craig, what do you say? Well, yeah. You got to use uh, some common sense here. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You're going to fall on one side or the other. I don't actually think we're all that divided. I just think we're manipulated. And so, you know, my my story's always been, look, aliens come down and park over, uh, you know, the six biggest cities in America, and n- nobody's a Republican or a Democrat. That's just all media hype created to sell advertising rates on the television shows that keep everybody apart and to sell advertising on the social media sites that keep everybody apart. And the fact is that if you took probably 10 random Americans and put them in a room, they'll probably do a better job than our politicians because most people still have some common sense if they're over 25. People who haven't lived a very long life and have about this much life experience, what do they call it? They have no adulting experience. You know, they tend to be taxes. Irrational and emotional, and they don't really think things through because one of the things that the young people really, really, really suffer from is recency bias. Oh, it's the greatest, it's the best restaurant, or it's the best, it's the best, you know, and everything is now. And so they lack the life experience to have some perspective on how things roll out. Our politics in America are never what it seems to be. Our media stories are never really what they seem to be. There's always something else going on because that's the nature of our system. So if we really want to see when change is going to happen, the politicians who who say they want to restrict and limit lobbying and come up with term limits, or maybe as a third caveat, force a balanced budget, then you're going to see change. In the meantime, this is all just the, it's, it's just the same circus, different clowns. Yeah. I heard it said uh, recently, and I thought this was a brilliant statement was that if you, if you're listening to the weather report and one weatherman says it's raining outside and the other one says it's sunny, your job isn't to start arguing over which one's right. Your job is to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's what we all need to take a step back and do. And I think Craig makes a great point about this. And, and this is, I'm saying this is a guy that literally is on television every day and makes part of my income by being uh, on the news is that it is an entertainment medium. They will tell you that if you ever get them to give you an honest answer, they, this isn't journalism. This, this, this is an entertainment medium and they know how to entertain and get people locked in and in their echo chamber. And so if you're, yep. if you want to do yourself and, and your, your sanity, some service is step out of your echo chamber every once in a while, you know, listen, I look, aging myself, 
I on the way to work this morning and I had to get ready to do a news interview. And normally I'm kind of listening to what the other pundits are saying. And I just needed to clear the head. So, man, I put on some Toto and I was singing to Africa and I am on my way to the office. And that brought me such joy. And, and so I think sometimes we just need to step back and do a little bit of that. Maybe not Toto, but definitely pattern interrupt. <laughs> pattern interrupt brain rewire. It's funny. I had a conversation with somebody last night about rewiring the brain, you know, it's been a tough year. I mean, for a lot of people, whether it be in life and business and sales, and it messes with your brain a little bit. And uh, probably a lot of us need to rewire our brain for the new year, get back on track, get back to what we're used to. And I don't know when that tide's going to turn or the pendulum's going to swing. We'll see. You know, me and Craig, we kept saying for rescheduling the event, which probably is going to be March. March, end of February. We're just going to have to wait to see what happens with the election until things change. I think, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, whether he's going to sue, this, that, and the other. So things may not change, but plan for the new year. If you didn't have a good, a good year this year, look, you know, chalk it up, make the excuse, move on, start planning now. If you're not closing the business you wanted to close for this year, it is what it is. The year's somewhat over, what? November 5th year. Most brokers did well, though. You know, the carriers made sure they had a 6 to 11% lifestyle increase. And most of the clients, conditioned by their elephant trainers, have accepted that. Most people are renewing business without making any changes. And they're taking the hit because the client's like, ah, oh, well, you know, so much going on. I got furloughs. I got COVID. I got training. Yeah, this I got this, year, I got, this we're not doing anything. Don't change nothing. Yeah. And, and brokers just got another pay raise. Yeah, if this was a year to, to renew as is and for an HR person to make a typical excuse, this was the year to get away with it more than anything else. Yeah, but I'll say to that, and I, and I know we've talked about this, John, if you're willing to have a different conversation, this is this is the time that a CEO and a CFO is willing to listen to it. Um, we will post arguably, uh, not arguably, we'll post our best year ever this year as an organization. And, and that is in large part because I oftentimes will say that our biggest competitor, in my in my opinion, isn't Joe Broker down the street. He is just the avenue of that competition. Our biggest competition is complacency, right? And, and that there's not enough pain for people to be willing to try something different, unless you're really good at convincing them that your way is better. And this is a year where complacency, while it may have gotten the average Joe broker, a 6 to 11% raise. The carrier supported that. I saw carriers doing some stupid things this year on renewals. Um, but nonetheless, I think that we, if you factor in COVID, the economy, and a, and a potential Biden administration, and you can create a message of, of business acumen around that, not insurance, of business acumen around that, you're going to get the attention of a CFO, of a CEO that's going to go, okay, this person, this is a different discussion that they're wanting to have. And so kudos to, you know, y'all show and what you guys are doing here, because I think those are the, the lessons that you're constantly preaching and teaching is, hey, stop talking about health insurance, man. Start talking yeah. about business. And, and, and what in order, about here's the funny thing though, Seth, in order to actually provide insights to the C-suite, you have to actually know what acumen means. Judgment, <laughs> business judgment, business acumen. I mean, it is your ability to judge a business situation, right? Yeah. And, well, and so, I mean, 
You're right on. I mean, it's all about, you know, products are products and brokers are brokers in the buyer's eye, in their mind. So unless you can show up with some insightful conversations that make sense to the executives, assuming you can get a meeting with an executive, then if you don't do that, you're going to be stuck in the habitual whirlwind of, you know, HR, beauty contest, maybe you do, maybe you don't, 80, 84% of those meetings end up in no change. With yeah, human resource I'm, I'm going to say is, is, yeah, there are guys, Seth, some other guys that we work with that are, that are doing just fine and, and having a great year. And it's really predicated on the number of opportunities. So yeah, some people are going to say no. They're going to look for the excuse. But at the same time, there's people out there where there's a dire need to make a change. It's just a matter of finding those people. It is a numbers yeah. game as far as prospecting, finding more people to talk to. And then obviously you get your sales skill up and close more prospects. But Prospect, 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 prospect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk to, me and Craig talk to more advisors than we can count. And we, we forget a lot of names. Only if you do business with us, we remember the name. Um, but everybody seems to have one problem, one problem only, and that's a prospecting problem. So get in front of more people. Take all that money that you got sitting there instead of buying a new car or buying a boat like John Clay. Well, he's got the money. He can buy a boat. Every time I see John Clay, John Clay's giving away money. What are you talking about? Big John. Big, Big John. checks. Shout out to Big John. But no, I mean... If you're going to want to have a better year this year and you look back, I mean, we all got to be honest with ourselves, right? Craig, you talk about looking, you got to look in the mirror at some point and, and realize whose fault is this? And you can't just point the finger at, well, people were saying no and COVID and this and that. It's okay. Did I do my job? Did I talk to enough people to have the opportunity to close and hit the goals that I want to hit? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. That's probably not why you didn't hit your goals. And we, we had an episode, Craig, right? Probably one of my favorite episodes. Got one of the most views. Michael Jordan episode. What was it called? What would Jordan do? What do we call it? I don't know. <laughs> Preparing for the playoffs. Preparing for the playoffs. Seth, we had the conversation about it. And it was, what are you doing now to prepare for the playoffs? And we talked about what Michael Jordan would do in the offseason to prepare for what? The fourth quarter, which is now, right? 30, 40 business renewed. What are you doing earlier in the year? So we're, we're getting to the tail end of the year, and I, I don't know if I want to go there yet, right? we still got a little fourth quarter left. Sure. But, okay, what are you going to do next year to get better? How much? What are you going to invest in yourself? Are you going to invest in sales training? Are you going to invest in marketing? Are you going to invest in your brain like me? No, no, right. shiny, shiny objects. Shiny. Squirrel. Oh, oh, oh. The new RBP product or the new data? No, no, no. It's not RBP anymore. It's VBP. Are they gonna, Sounds better. Value-based plans. They're going to predict predictive analytics, AI technology. Is that what Put some lipstick on that pig. You know, and I think, listen, John, you're making a great point. I think that two things that I'll say to that. First of all, if you're doing what everybody else is doing, you're going to get the results that everybody else is getting, right? And most people are not investing in themselves. They're not investing in developing their business acumen and having a different conversation. What are they doing? They're going, this is not a knock to anybody that's in a part of any mastermind groups that are out there in our industry, but they're going to these events that are selling you the same stuff they've been selling for the last 10 years and, and, and giving you talk tracks as opposed to helping you understand 
this is how things work. And this is how you have different conversations. And, and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not knocking the 400 of those things that are out there. And I'm a big fan of mastermind, big fan of y'all's mastermind. Right. But, but that's because it's a different kind of mastermind. I will tell you when I attended y'all's mastermind this year, it was the first mastermind I've gone to that's been in our industry. That's kind of our industry specific in five years. I've been going to outside industry types of masterminds to understand what's going on in the business world, what's going on um, in the financial world. And, and that's, I think, really important. And so you've got to invest yourself. You've got to invest your time. You have to read, right? Listen, read, read books. Books are important. You don't like to read? Great. Audible is an awesome thing. Listen to the book. But you've got to develop that you got to invest the time. And sometimes you got to invest some money. Investment in that is important. From that perspective, though, I'll tell you now, your fourth quarter next year has already started if you do it right. Because right now is the time to be planting seeds. Here's the reality. You're not going to go talk to a 250 life group and get them to swing and do some massive shift to you on January 1 of 2021. I mean, if you do, God bless you. There might be one or two of those out there. But the reality is you need to be planting the seed now with those CEOs and CFOs that says, hey, have you gotten your renewal yet? If you haven't, here's what's probably going to happen because here's what the market's doing. Medical trend is doing X, Y, Z. Health insurance trend is doing this in the fully insured market. On the stop loss market, we're seeing it do this. Here's the reality. Underwriters, crystal balls are really fuzzy right now because they don't know what 2021 will hold. What is the business world going to look like? What are the markets going to look like? What is capital going to look like? What's the administration going to look like? What's COVID going to look like? And for the reason, underwriters, by and large, are super pessimistic people. They go to the dark place in their mind. And so knowing that, here is likely what you're probably going to see in your renewal this year. Here's what I want you to do. Recognize the time to combat what's going to happen in January 1 of 2022 is not in November of 2021. It is in January of 2021. So pick up the phone and call me and let's have a conversation and allow me to give you some guidance. That's going to get you a meeting in the first quarter when all the rest of your Joe brokers that got that 6 and 11% raise this year are on the golf course at Disney with their kids or on a cruise if we're allowed to do that again. Yeah, I think, like you said, it starts now. There's, I mean, you heard me earlier. I'm already looking to hire and I'm looking, okay, how do we fix this next year? How do we do this? How do we come back? From the situation what do we do better and uh one thing i'll say you guys saw me post in the mastermind group in the whatsapp chat hunters survive in every economy my friend okay this is the yeah. hunters club it, it it doesn't end and i love paul we talk about paul on every show because god that guy is a fucking machine and prospecting i mean every day i i talk to him almost every day and uh it's just it's like a machine. And we used to call my telemarketer, Marty, the machine. Shout out to Marty Machine. That's what it is. And if you have a machine that is just constantly working from a prospect standpoint, I mean, results are inevitable. You just got to get better at your, you got to get better yourself closing if it's not working, figure out what's not working. But if you get the prospecting game down, I'm telling you, early on, the only reason I had success when I started, I knew I didn't close a 10 life, over a 10 life group. When I first started my agency, I had not closed a group over 10 lives, but I knew I had already saw my old agency. I saw that all you got to do is get leads and get in front of people and you'll close business because the guy I was working with wasn't that good. But my telemarketer was goddamn good and he got him in front of a lot of people. So I'll end on that note with you. There you go, Craig. No, hey, that's the reality. 
we're talking to you about is you're going to go out tomorrow and you're going to do business and you're either going to do it the same way or you're going to pay attention. You're going to read, you're going to listen, you're going to learn, you're going to expose yourself to new ideas. You know, there's a, uh, I think it was Jim Rohn, the law of first knowledge. Most human beings only repeat the first thing they learned about anything. And, you know, it's why it's part of what Seth talked about, why we're polarized because, you know, people typically, a lot of unsuccessful people only want to reinforce what they already know, what they already think, what they already believe, and they don't want anything that conflicts with the law of first knowledge. They just want to keep regurgitating the first thing they learned about it. And so if you're doing that in the brokerage business, shame on you. But if you're managing your lifestyle and you're cool with it, yeah, no problem. There's no judgment here. I did the lifestyle thing a long time. And so, uh, Get out of your own way, get uncomfortable, challenge yourself. When's the last time you've ever asked an HR person? That's an interesting response they get. Long pregnant pause. When's the last time your broker challenged you? <sighs> Never happens. No one's ever asked me that. So challenge yourself. That's the goal for next year because pretty soon you're going to be needing to come up with a storyline that gives insights as to this incredible uncertainty. What do people want to buy? Confidence and certainty. So if you can come up with a good story about the uncertainty, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubts, and the impact on recruitment and retention of key talent and the bottom line and cash flow and cost of working capital and tell the story, you'll sound different than everybody else. Otherwise, you might as well just go, you know, sign up on The Voice and sound like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, give some thought. I like what Seth had to say. You know, look, there's masterminds to get around other people, whether the masterminds deliver value to you, you know what, get there, meet other people, figure out what other successful people are doing and sharing ideas, motivate each other because it's a lonely world out there, especially when you're an independent and uh, you got to get around other peers because your account manager isn't going to cut it. This is this is a basis of this show was, hey, look, there's people out there that are trying to learn and. If you agree with me and you're uh, enjoying some of the show here, type yes below. But that's why we brought it to you because you're independent. You're alone. Listen, the opportunity out there is huge. You see Seth. You see Craig. I'm doing pretty good. And uh, it's not that far away, guys. Am I right or am I wrong? It's not that far away. It's really just yourself and uh, picking it up and uh, getting after it. What do you say, Craig? <laughs> what are you drinking, Seth? What are you drinking? Okay. Oh, I got a little little bourbon going on here. I wonder about it. You know, no, I think. Listen, I want to repeat. I want to echo something Craig said because he said confidence, right? Confidence and clarity. And I've oftentimes said, and I think I've even talked about it with you guys on the show before, that knowledge breeds confidence. Confidence breeds enthusiasm, and enthusiasm sells. That's listen. That order. You have to have knowledge to be able to be confident. Like, you know, John, I remember when you told me that you were starting to, to go to events and masterminds that were outside of the industry and one-on-one marketing and, and, and surrounding yourself with some marketing geniuses in the world helps that one of them's last name is Lack. I get it. And Craig, I, I remember you telling me early on in your career when you said, hey, I, I'm going to start really understanding what's going on in the financial world so I can have greater conversations around that. And so, you know, if you're out there and you're wondering where do you start, well, here's the deal. Like I said earlier, don't start where everybody else already is. Look beyond it. Now, again, it's it's important to be in something in this industry, so long as it's one that is sharpening your skills and giving you that knowledge and expertise, this show, what they're doing. But you know, at the same time, go beyond it. Because if you don't ever get outside of our health insurance box, 
you'll never be able to talk about the things that are going on outside of our health insurance box. And that's how you're going to have a new conversation. And there will come a moment when it clicks and you go, crap, I know my stuff. I'm actually pretty smart at this. And, and that, that exudes from you when you're in front of a client and they go, all right. And, and, and I was on a call today with a, with a prospect and, and, and they went down their normal, oh, well, we're, you know, we're going to need to see some quotes. And I went, no. And matter of fact, at this point, I can't help you one one anyway. And I go, what? Like we're, that ship has sailed, man. I mean, here's the deal. Here's what I can do. And I mean, I was talking to John about one. This is the second time this week this has happened. And then I just shut up. <laughs> I said, here's the deal. Here's your next step. You can hire me. You can hire me as a consultant. Uh, you can BOR this to me. But at this point, after this call, my work is done and I'm not going to work for free. And so it's really in your, in your, in your court. So you tell me what you want to do next and be quiet. Silence is your best friend, right? Because as soon as you start then trying to jump, you're giving them a reason to say, oh, well, never mind, never, no. Clients want to say yes, so don't give them the option not to. Shut up long enough so that they can. <laughs> uh, but you've got to have the confidence of doing that, of saying, hey, I'm going to be good for your business in one way, shape, or form, so you need to hire me. Here's two ways of doing that. I'm not saying you have to do this. You don't have to, for, to divorce your guy to get me, but you do have to pay me to get me. And you can either divorce your guy and marry me, or you can pay me and get me. But that's the only way. One of those two ways. That's it. So you tell me, which one do you want? There's power in those words. Craig, I remember you telling me the one time, it's like, God damn it, we we're on a call and I kept doing a pause. I, I kept doing the silent treatment on the broker, just had to jump in because he couldn't help himself. He got too nervous. Remember that? It, I mean, it's a common plight. It's, it's difficult to have the confidence to not be needy and therefore sound needy, to sound desperate, to sound like you're really not sure what you're talking about. I mean, almost to the point of you sound like you're guessing. Because remember, CFOs, even some HR people, they, they're pitched all the time. See, that's, I think brokers forget about the competing demands that all of our prospects have. They have full-time jobs. There are people calling them from the ERP to the payroll to the 401k. I mean, it's endless. And so they've been pitched a million times. That's why I say a lot of times the prospects is a better salesperson than the broker. And so if you're going to go in and do what Seth just told you to do, which you absolutely, we've been preaching for years. You know, we did a show. No is a complete sentence. You have to be willing to walk away and sound believable. You can't need that business. And the challenge for most brokers is they really do need the business because I would venture to say that, what do you think, Seth? 90 plus percent of brokers were probably told no less than 10 times last year. Probably far less than 10 because they didn't have that many prospects. I was about to say they just didn't have the questions. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. You know, I talked to somebody the other day. They're like, oh, yeah, we get, well, we got a 50% close ratio. I mean, she was you call on two. Okay. <laughs> so you got one client last year. Well done. And it was probably yeah. your brother-in-law, wasn't it? Uh, you know, but it goes back. And, and again, I know you mentioned Paul. Paul, I'm a huge Paul fan. I wish I prospected as well as Paul. Actually, I don't anymore. But I did. I wished I used to. No, I'm kidding. I still do. Because I still love the hunt. And I love the kill. And I love the growth. And, and that, to me, is motivating. But that is it. I mean, listen, this is absolutely a numbers game. And that, that no 
it's your next closest to yes. So, okay, great. Move on. Shrug it off um, and keep going. Next opportunity. What That's what fucking, no means. What a, what a great business, though. I mean, God damn. I look at some of us and go, it's a pretty good business. I mean, it's a low barrier to entry, which is half the problem. But those that take advantage of it and go, geez, I just got to get in front of more people. And, and and most won't. And I say this to young producers all the time. If you're coming into this business, you need to recognize two things. One is as soon as you start having some success, the letterhouses are going to call you and maybe even call you before you have any success because letterhouses are dumb and they'll throw dumb money at you. And then in two or three years, you're done. Or in two or three years, they're going to find a way to slap you with the biggest golden handcuffs known to man, and you're not going anywhere. And so you have to be willing to crawl, walk before you run. And so many people out of the gate today, and I don't know if this is a generational thing, and maybe I was just on the cusp of the last one, or maybe it's just because I was raised a little differently. But people today are not willing to put in that one to two years of not really doing as well as you probably could. And you see your buddies out there with their country club membership doing their thing. And you go, man, it was really nice when I was making my $150,000 a year. And don't get me wrong. $150,000 a year is great. And that is a, a, the, the average broker, the mediocre broker in this business makes that. But you're not going to make beyond, right? You're not going to have to be, you're not going to be able to manage your own destiny and make your own decisions. You got to be willing to stay away from the from that comfort zone long enough. And, and so if you're young in the business, I encourage you, don't get sucked into the comfort zone. And if you've been in the business and you're finding yourself in the comfort zone, find a way to get out or get comfortable and recognize that this is a lifestyle business for you and you just need to learn to manage it that way. What do you say, Craig? It's all truth. All truth. Comfort kills achievement? No. It does. Yeah, I mean, that was the, the sign guys, I had in my office, man. Comfort yeah. kills achievement. That's a lot, a lot of the guys out there you know they're working for the big firms, and I and I love this show. And I and I and I say to Craig is like, look, we we we've had some minor success with the show, but I think in like three to five years, the success of the show is really going to balloon because you're going to have you got all this consolidation, right? And all the big houses are buying the shops and this and that. And at some point, these guys, the studs, are going to leave. And they're going to start their own shops. And I see it. I, I talk to them all the time and I try to steer them in the right direction. And I go, look, I've been there. Here's what we did. Da, 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 da. So I think in three to five years, that cycle is going to turn because of the consolidation right now. And people are going to leave and the independents are going to come back and they're going to come back hard and they're going to take back the business and the cycle is going to continue. So those that are on the edge or sitting there. Mark Fox just says, yes, officially went to Penn three weeks ago. Bad timing, but better now than ever. You know, shout out to you for going out and having some balls to doing it. Listen, don't say maybe it's bad time because in, in, I, I don't know about any of you, Craig and Seth, even when I went out on my own, I still was like, God damn it. I went out. I waited too long. Right. It's always like, man, if I would have went in a year earlier or two years earlier. So the time is now. You know, look, if, you, if you're going to go out on your own, take a shot. Take a shot now. Yeah, and Mark, let me encourage you as someone who's been there and done it, and you know Craig did too, man, set a cap for yourself on what you are going to suck out of the business because you're going to find success quickly. And when you do, 
the tendency for a lot of, of business owners, not just in the brokerage industry, but any business, and why most of them fail, 70% of them, is because they go, I got success. Let me grab that success and take it because I've earned it. No, 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 no. Reinvest it. Leave it alone. Just keep it there. Double down. Keep doing that. I say this all the time. Success has babies. Let them grow. And just continue to set this threshold for yourself. Reward yourself. I'm not saying that. But set this threshold that says, for the next two to three years, this is what I'm going to pull out of this business, no matter how successful it is. And I'm going to leave it there so that I can make the investments that I know I'm going to need to make, whether that's in people or processes or technology or whatever, education, development, you name it, all of those things. And I did that. I made a commitment to myself in my career when I left the firm that, that I did my, the math on what I could minimally live on. And I said, for the next two years, this is it. And every extra penny is going to stay in the bank. And guess what? I never went into debt. I never had to do that. And, and I was able to grow the business and hire the right people and invest in the right things and develop myself to, to where today I spend today on myself every year over $100,000 in development. And you know what? I get to produce a million dollars a year. So to me, that 10% investment, well worth it. And I have the ability to do it because early on in my business and early on when I went out on my own, I didn't say, oh, look, I just got that great commission check. There's 15 grand. I'm going to suck it out and I'm going to go <laughs> take the family to Disney, right? We yeah. said, no, we're going to sacrifice. We're going to make those difficult you decisions. Want, look, if it's like poker. If you want to move up in stakes, you got to take your winnings. You got to put it on black, right? And you look for a double. You hit it. You don't just take the money. You take it off the heavy. You, 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 you double up, right? And, and that's what he's saying here is this. Take the money that you made and put it back in because if you got confidence and certainty in yourself, I mean, Christ, it's just a matter of getting in front of more people and you can grow the business. What do we say, Craig? Instant gratification. Everybody wants instant gratification. You have to be willing to take a step back, okay, to take yeah. steps forward. And, and that's the problem is those that don't want to do it will never get to where me, Seth, and Craig are because I talk about to some newer agents or people in my life it's like look i was willing to eat shit for a long time and i was willing not to make any income whatsoever because i knew i looked at guys like craig and go well shit i want that so all i got to do is take a step back figure this out and and suck wind for a couple of years and then i get to live that life in five years are you kidding me what's what is that time frame in the grand picture of things i mean you you just said something and I don't want people to brush over it because here's what I know to be fact. If you're a $150,000 book, you've got to figure out a way to hear the truth from people who have $300,000 books and so on and so on. If you have a $300,000 book, you need to figure out and hang around people who will tell you the truth who do five hundred dollars to $750,000. Million, two million. I have broker clients who have $10 million books. They don't have a life, but they have a $10 million book. So, you know, everybody can make their choices, but you don't know what you don't know. And if you're at 300 and you think, you know, car's paid for, you know, kids are at a nice school, wife's happy, husband's happy, you may just get complacent. And, and that's okay. But if you hang around people who can go, you know, if you were just 20% more effective and 15% smarter on how you did this, you might be able to make another hundred grand in revenue and really not work any harder. You're going to have a hard time discovering that independently. 
an even harder time hearing the truth from people because you, when you cave and you go take the job at the big box firm, they're not necessarily really good at, at training inexperienced brokers. So, you know, it's part of the reason for the show. We we like to help and mentor young producers. Does that make sense, Seth? You got to hang around people who do more than you. Final thoughts. Final thoughts, man. Inaction is action the wrong way, man. So get out there and do something different. Recognize that there is everywhere there is opportunity so long as you find a way to message it appropriately. This election is creating opportunity. And if you don't realize that, I remember when Obama passed Affordable Care Act and and probably 80% of our industry panicked. And the few of us that didn't and doubled down and said, hey, everybody's going that way, let's go this way, today are super successful. And, and we're fortunate in that. So find the opportunity in everything, learn from it, grow that knowledge and start planting those seeds now for later. Uh, take the take take the low hanging fruit now. Don't 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 do that. But plant the seeds now because uh, twenty twenty two starts now. Craig, what do you say? Uh, Seth's the word. I agree. Go out and get it. It's just waiting there to be taken. The bar is so low. Hunters. I deal with the largest cases in America. The bar is low. Hunters survive in every economy, guys. That's where it's at. Join the Hunters Club. Hunters survive in every economy. It doesn't matter. You heard it here first. You heard it from everybody. Seth, Craig, thanks for joining us. Everybody listening, thanks for joining us. Good to see you, Seth. uh, We'll see you on the next one. Same place, consistency, guys. Same place, same time next next week, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Heads up, advisor. Thanks for joining us. Peace. See you all.